Hey guys, Erica here. Quick note before we start this episode, for about the first seven minutes or so, you can't hear Emily that well. Just turn up the speakers and I apologize, but um, we get it cleared up around seven and a half minutes or so. Um, so sorry once again and enjoy. Falling Program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. We're here. We are. Guess what, Erica? We're in person. I know. I'm looking at you right now. It's been so long. It's really weird. And Erica has this great hairstyle going where she looks exactly like when Princess Leia took her helmet off in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's not, it's not really no, a hairstyle. It's the precursor to a hairstyle. Right, but it's like, well, I didn't notice the band. Now the band is sort yeah, of like the band other, is across my whole thing. Because you can imagine, as I'm sure our listeners can, Princess Leia in Return of the Jedi, when she takes off the helmet and her hair is in this like, it's, it's like a bun that goes across the back, like your entire head. Yeah, it goes so like around the back. Yeah, but with a headband. So it's got this like punk rock slash workout. We'll see. I found it on Pinterest, which everybody should be on if they're not right now because it's oh, wonderful. Um, it's super crafty. It's basically like Tumblr, Tumblr, but for like crafts and um, hairdos and makeup and stuff like that. And I found it. Let me do something other than do a ponytail because that's really all I got. Yeah. Um, but it's that's what it is, and it's wonderful. And um, that's where I found it. So if you put a headband around your head on top of your hair, like across your forehead and just around your head, and then you loop your hair over the headband around. Tomorrow I will have big curls. But is it like how is your hair held in? It's looped literally over the headband. Like like, like I start at the front and I just pull the headband I I pull the headband out. So I pull the headband away from my head and I loop the section of hair over and then pull okay. it down. And then I grab another section, like using and you go all the way around to the back to the back and then you stuff the whole thing down around. Okay. And you'll see tomorrow morning for the flight I will have I'm sure you're I will have down. lovely curls. Um, I bought a curling iron recently. Oh. Yeah. And it um, you know maybe the problem was I had just washed my hair and then dried it and then tried curling it and it was just not curling. It was just I don't know, it didn't look good. I have a tendency if I'm gonna use a curling iron I make crunchy curls. Mm. You curl it and then spray it while it's on the curling iron with hairspray. Yeah, like set your hair on fire? No. That's kind of my fear. You'll be fine. I burned my face with the curling iron, so I'm kind of nervous of setting my entire head on fire. And that's <laughs> Beauty Shop oh, with see. Emily and Erga. <laughs> this is why I need help. Gleecast, episode 3.5. Woo! Um, I was going to explain how, like, oh, sorry, you haven't heard us for a while because of issues, but it doesn't matter because... This will be they're going to hear it after it that. You'll, you'll know why this is being released later. Anyway, it is the Thursday after episode 5 aired. Uh, 5 or 4? Episode 5? Episode 4. Episode 5, I'm right. Woo! Um, we're, we're excited and a little antsy because tomorrow is Hound. So again, by the time you hear this, we'll have already come back from Hound. Yes, because and it's currently the 10th and our bandwidth does not reset until the 13th. Exactly. So you will hear this after Hound. Um, and hopefully we'll survive the plane both ways. Yep. It's technically four flights because we didn't get a direct flight. So there is that means that many more chances for us to crash on an island. It's true. Yeah. <clears throat> they might never hear this then, though. This would be like the lost recording. No, but somebody would. I mean, I think, like, if this was on your computer, 
computer? Because are you bringing your computer to work? No. No, so like it would be in my apartment. Maybe your boyfriend would take it. Maybe he would decide that people need to hear the last time. The last recording. I'll hear it. And if you're hearing this and we're not actually, I won't say alive because we'll just get like crashed. We'll be lost. We were talking about this on Facebook of who who gets what role and I'm totally calling Hurley because I want ranch dressing. Mm. I like ranch dressing. It's good and everything. I don't want to be anyone on that show because I hate it. Well, I hate you, so it's not great. <laughs> so glee. Should we talk about the episode? Yeah. Okay, great. Well. You know this about me. Don't act pissed off now. I just we said it was very snide. It's like the way I talk about Family Guy. Hi, my name's Erica. Have we met before? So episode <laughs> I don't know what it was called. First time. First times. First time. Um, it was plural. First times. Oh, because two of them had sex, right? Oh, suddenly lost opportunity. I really wish they sang My First Love from the pirate movie. Have you never seen the pirate movie? I haven't. <gasps> I believe, I might be wrong, it may be an instant watch, but um, 1986 with Chris McNichol. Who... Oh, full disclosure, we're already down a bottle of wine. So. Oh, yeah, we should say that. That went really fast. There was only two glasses apiece. Yeah, but I mean two big glasses. But yeah, two glasses. Come on now. Okay, so the episode? Yes. Okay. You um, want a glee clap? Now, mind you, I did not get to proofread my, my synopsis, which I usually like to do, but I wrote it really quickly because I realized I forgot to write it. So okay. I like to be in America, especially when McKinley High is putting on West Side Story and singing America. Savoring his director status, Artie convinces his leads, Blaine and Rachel, that in order to truly channel Tony and Maria, they should really not be virgins. Finn is all ready to help r- help make Rachel a woman, but not so much when he finds out she's only asking him to break her hymen for thespian reasons. They come around to each other after Finn's rejection from Ohio State football recruiter, who kindly tells Finn he'll never have a college football career. That same recruiter has the hots for beasts, and thanks to Artie's Cupid-like prowess, a new super couple is born in Duke Sox. Blaine and Kurt debate their sexual future, something that gets quite complicated with the introduction of the worst human being ever, aka Sebastian, an awful, 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 awful new warbler who's awful, with the hots, understandably, for Blaine. The trio spends an evening at Lima's gay bar, where Kurt has a nice heart-to-heart with newly crowned America Kurofsky, then spurns the slobbery advances of his still-adorable boyfriend. After West Side Story's triumphant debut, three virgins are killed. Yes, that sacrificed virgins in this episode, did we not? We did. Yeah, but I really thought about it. I was like, oh my god, they totally sacrificed virgins for West Side Story to be good. They did. did. Well, the second performance of West Side Story to be good. Well, in fairness, we didn't really see Tony and Maria's now, did we? We didn't. There's a reason we didn't see Chris's performance. Want to know why? Why? Because then the show would have had to acknowledge that Officer Krupke doesn't have a song and doesn't actually do anything in the show. Um... I think it was their way of being like, Officer Krupke, you know that great song, Officer Krupke, Kurt sang it, except he didn't sing it because he's not the character. So, who do you want to start with? Um, good question. How about Mike Chang? Because he had a scene. It was very small, <laughs> but it was very sweet. Yeah. It was nice. Well, the ending was nice. His dad part wasn't nice. Sorry, it wasn't very sweet. He had two scenes. I really the idea that every single Chang on Mike, on Mike Chang's side has some forgotten dream. Because his mother wanted to be a ballet dancer. His dad wanted to be a tennis star. I like to think that, like, his aunt wanted to be, like, a Bob Ross-like finger painter. (laughs) And his cousin wanted to be a vet. And his third cousin wanted to be an elephant trainer. And so on and so on. True. It's all very true. Yeah. So he's going to be the first Chang to uh, make his dreams come true. Right? 
Yeah. Are we not recording? So we just realized we were only recording on one microphone instead of two. So if you couldn't hear Emily very well during the beginning portion of this episode, I apologize. I'd like to point out that... Um, like we just listened a little bit to what we'd recorded just to see if it you know recorded i could hear myself fine and i bet most of our listeners could too because apparently i talk loud enough that what would you say there's like three feet between us right now yeah yeah my voice can carry three feet to erica's microphone which is totally aimed the other direction at her face um well i'm hopefully they could hear you better than we were able to hear you because right. I'm going to level eight and fix things but i'm still saying it, it's but, it's yeah. just a it's not disappointing Having a loud voice is a blessing and a curse, Erica. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it means when people are talking and you need to shut them up, you can do it. And it means when you have something to be said, you can say it. But other times it means that, you know, people overhear you when you're not supposed to overhear you and they constantly say you talk too loud. So Mike Chang, okay. you don't talk too loud. Mike Chang doesn't talk too loud. We anyway. love you. So... <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, you heard that. Um That was Joplin, who's, I don't know. What, well, I mean, Joplin is not Asian. Mookie is Asian. So yeah. Mookie understands a little bit about what Mike Chang is going through. Um, Joplin just really wanted to be on Gleecast this week, I guess. <laughs> just kind of screamed at her. That's what she said. It was very yes. interesting. Okay, so Mike Chang, um, do we have anything else to say? No, I mean, it was just kind of another quick callback to, um, hey, remember, by the way, him and his dad are estranged, and now, now his dad doesn't want him to be I a I feel like anymore. it could be building towards something, though. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with giving it that one quick scene, and then yeah. that one even quicker scene of the look between him and his mom, of just acknowledging that oh yeah don't worry we didn't forget about the storyline yeah. this character is still in the show and he still has this going on in his life and that's fine so i i actually in hindsight i really liked the way that i like the fact that they brought that in yeah yep. it was handled very well mm-hmm. um i guess we can do the lighter stories next so Artie's matchmaking skills with beast Artie was interesting this episode yeah Artie kind of had um on the av club they were talking about how in another another show another not glee show Artie could have had his own episode regarding the directing of the musical. Because right. we really saw very little of it. it just all of a sudden this episode, we saw that it gave him confidence, but then he was insecure about it. I was totally fine with that. I don't think we need it anymore. I think you could have done more with it, but I don't think you needed to. No. And I think they gave him a really nice, very quick art, uh, arc of him being, you know, kind of proud, kind of power hungry, but then having doubts, but then it all turning out fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Um, and along the way, he made a love connection with, yes, for someone between else. Beast and Cooter. And Cooter, Cooter, Cooter who, um, for those of you like me who were looking at this guy, being like, "What the fuck did I see him in?" Remember the dude in Starship Troopers who gets his face blown off in the practice round, and then Johnny Rico's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I did this. I'm leaving the army." But then he comes back anyway. Um, Cooter was the guy who got his face blown off. Thank you, Cooter. Thank you, Cooter. And for thank you, Paul Verhoeven, for making Starship Troopers the fourth best film of all time. Blown off. Yes. Um, How did you feel about Beast? I, li- I liked it. I thought it was kind of sweet. It was sweet. And it wasn't embarrassing, which I think it really could have been. been. It's a line they tow with Beast because I think, you know, she's not the easiest um, character to write respectfully for. It's very easy to make her a joke. And probably very easy to insult the actress. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember the reason I think I really like Beast, and I think I've said this before, is just I've, I've read a couple of interviews with um, Dot, Marie Jones. Dot, Dot Marie Jones since, you know, she's been on. And she's so likable. When, when you hear interviews with her, she just comes across as someone who's really enthusiastic about everything. And if you saw the Glee Project, you got that too. Like, she's just thrilled to be on the show 
and is also very, you know, like most actors, is totally aware of, you know, how she looks and what her type is and what kind of role she's going to get. And, you know, this, I think, is probably a role that is much more, much deeper than anything else she's probably played. And I thought they, they handled it really well and it was sweet and nice and, you know, it wasn't like anything pity-ish. It was just, no, this yeah. guy is into Beast because everybody's into whatever they're into and he's into this woman and I love that. Um, and it builds on, you know, I, I do think the writers are doing a good job of building on things that were, on fixing things from last season yes. and it built on the drunk episode and it built on mm-hmm. on Matthew Morris and on Will being like, you know, there's someone out there for you. Right. You just have to find him and, and that made me happy. Yep. Do you follow on her, her on Twitter, Dot Marie Jones? No, I, I will. She, she she's very cute. She t- she tweets in all caps. Oh, like, like, so like, enthusiastic. See what I mean? She's so enthusiastic yeah. about everything. Um, the um, she's like Wally, my dog, my parents' dog. Is just I think everything he says is with an exclamation point. The Mike, um, Mike my boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Mike does say everything with an exclamation point. And if you've ever chatted with him via text, he does say everything with an exclamation point. I'm not surprised point. by that. By the way, total side note, because I've been not putting it off. I just hadn't gotten around to it. I finally listened to the Beer Amigos, Eric's oh. boyfriend's podcast, and it's really good. I listened to episode five or four it's one of the better episodes okay well the most recent episode i listened to i guess had the watch song, it, watch had him listen. he doesn't listen to glee cast watch him listen to this episode and me be like it's one of the better episodes. <laughs> no they I just, just broke up they're, they're having trouble finding their way and the episodes okay. are getting better and i'm trying to toe the line of being like this is what you need to do to be successful mm. as a podcast okay. and them being like, well, this is what we want to do. So, okay. Cool. But yeah, no, just um, a recommendation out there. Listen to the last episode, episode four or five. I think five, it was think. episode five, folks. If you like beer, beer l- listen to episode five of the yeah, Beer Amigos. Was it I, the one with Nico? With Nico, yeah. It was, and they had a song and they had a guest and everything. And it was just, I found it really enjoyable. So, yeah, it's a fun show. Okay, episode five. Listen to episode Beer Amigos.com. Like them on Facebook. Episode five. Um, please. Okay. Four was okay too, but I think it was all interviews. Okay. So yeah, go with five. Um, um but the, oh, but the, speaking of that, there were so many callbacks in this episode yeah. to past episodes and past arcs. Um, they talk about the Madonna sex episode or the Madonna episode. They talk about the sex episode, talk about the drinking episode. Um, and it just, uh, about, even Artie talking about how he had sex with Brittany. Like, yeah. it just totally felt like they were, you know, very aggressively saying, Yes, the, these things have happened, and we're consistent, and we know this universe exists. And yes. I appreciated that as somebody who's Very been watching the show. Um, I think that's kind of all the light storylines. Um, yeah, now we have to get deeper. Because after Artie basically told uh, Blaine and Rachel they're not good actors unless they do it. Well, in the in these roles. In these roles. Because these characters are having a sexual it. awakening. Right. Okay. Um, Tony and Maria have a night together. I mean, it's it's Romeo and Juliet. So yes, they meet, they fall in love, they have that one night. You assume they did it. I believe I haven't seen West Side Story in a really long time, so I might be wrong, but I believe it's pretty. You know, it's there that they spent a night. Okay. Now, Rachel and and Finn first. Okay. The it's funny because last week when they showed the preview for this episode. And they showed, you know, of course they're building it as, you know, the episode that the characters have sex. And, and they, the scene they showed was Finn lording over Rachel as he says to her, why now? And I don't know if you caught it, but in, even in the little trailer for this week, Rachel did that look where, like, look to the side, mouth open, and you're like, oh, fuck, Rachel's going to say something really stupid. <laughs> sure enough, she does, because what does she say? 
I have to do it before opening night. I have to do it for tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm gonna. Uh, otherwise, Jacob Ben Israel's blog is going to be cruel to me. Yeah. Um, Rachel. Sigh. So of course she screws it up, and they don't do it that night. Mm-hmm. And so the first night she apparently sucked. Yeah. I'm terrible. sure she did. Sure. Um, but now. I'll be really curious what um, our listeners think about when they actually did it. Because now, the second try, if you will, there's a lot. Now, at this time, Finn has just had really bad news because he's mm-hmm. basically been told he's not getting a football scholarship. Uh, so he's really upset and really sensitive and vulnerable. And so Rachel almost seduces him in a way. Kind of. Yeah. But it's also not Finn's first time. True. So, True. so it's not like she's taking advantage yeah. of him. But now, I don't know, you have to, well, I don't think there was anything wrong. I think it was very organic, and I think, I feel like some people might say, oh, did she sleep with him because she felt bad? Or because, you know, she felt he was really sad and needed something. I don't think so. I I don't think so, and I think even if she did. in the past. Yeah, and she wanted, she did want to. And I think this was just something that, you know, when you're in love, you realize, like, he needs this too right now, and so do I. So let's, you know, let's do it. And they seem to have had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine with that. Yeah. Hopefully it was better for her than it was for Santana. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it wasn't like a sweaty sack of potatoes. Exactly. Um, now, I wonder what this says for Finn for the future. Because definitely a lot of... And I, I thought they handled that well, too. They gave Finn maybe like two scenes where he had to express his future. And within those two scenes, you saw his dreams kind of fall you know, apart. Fall apart. Yeah. But he always has the tire shop. He always has a tire shop. Is it a tire shop? It's a mechanic garage. I don't, it's I don't know. The, what they only do tires. <laughs> I like the idea that, like, you call, like, my car broke down. Okay, well, how are the tires? Well, they're fine. It's a transmission. Can't help you. <laughs> nope. Can't help you. We only do tires here. There are places <laughs> Go to Kurt's only... transmission shop right down the block. <laughs> tires. Um, yeah, they're, they're building with him and... I'm glad they, because they, they forgot about that storyline in season two, and that was one of our criticisms, is they right. forgot that, that Finn had this dream of getting out of Lima by mm-hmm. getting a football scholarship. Yep. Or and, a Glee Club scholarship. And they finally put an end to that. So, yep. yeah. Good on them. Good on you. Um, so the big storyline. Yeah. So now the uh, bigger, oh, 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 <laughs> I wrote it in here and I don't want to forget. Um, I like the idea that the... Uh, uh, the football coach or the football coach Cooter recruiting Shane. It's like giving you one more reason to hate Shane yeah. in case you don't already hate him or Mercedes Durden, as we called him. Yes, yes. Although, is this further proof that he exists that other people I can see him? Is, yeah, maybe. Unless he really exists in Finn's head. Ooh, that's possible. Yeah, he's everybody's Durden. He is. Yeah. Um. So Kurt Blaine and Sebastian. Do we have to call him Sebastian or can we call him Cuntface? <laughs> we can call him Sebastian. We can call him Cunt. So Cuntface. <laughs> now, as soon as he came on screen, now, um, uh, other backstage notes. This is, is this the first time you and I actually, like, watch Glee together? It might be. It kind of might be the first time, like, we actually sat down and watched Glee. We had sushi. It was lovely. Uh, <laughs> it was a date. It was a lady date. It was a lady date. And we had wine, too. <laughs> and we're going to sleep in the same bed. We are. With two cats. Yeah. Probably... Joplin will probably take your head. With Mookie will pussies. probably take my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Four pussies total. <laughs> oh, oh, winky face. Oh, winky face. <laughs> right at you, Fozzie. Um, so, as soon as Sebastian came on screen, I think I looked at Erica and I was like, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Don't you hate him too? Don't you hate him too? And she was like, yes, I hate him so much too. Right? Yes. Yes. Because he is a cunt face. And an mm-hmm. awful human being who, 
as soon as he comes in, like he doesn't know Blaine, and he's already making bitter eyes at him. But he's already heard. But he's heard about him. And he doesn't hot. know Blaine, and he's looking at him like, "That's right, I am addressing you with my eyes right now." He's having cheer sex with him. Yeah, not cool, Cunface. Not cool. I brought up a point during um, while we were watching, and I, I told she you did. to remind me. And I was going to. I think I it could have been a really interesting choice for them to have cast other one quarter of the Glee cast winner, Sam, as Sebastian's part. Yeah. And expanded the part and carried out the arc to, you know, where... Because now my question is, where are they going to go with Kurt where and Blaine? With They're happy. They love each other. They had sex. And... People don't like when couples are happy because there's no drama. There's nothing well, to write for well, them. I mean, th- sometimes they can be happy together. Sam, I, I hate when shows break up Sam characters for no reason. So bars do it all the time. And Sam, that's why I stopped watching these real lives. Trouty Mouth and Quinn were happy together. And what happened, Ryan Murphy? Ryan when got I bored. Get the fuck off my show. And now we have no Trouty Mouth for a little while. Well, he'll be back in like yeah, three weeks. But I think it could have been really interesting mm-hmm. to expand the role and cast Sam yeah. And made Sam play a gay man because that would have just made me happy because I don't like him. Right. And now we're it talking about him uncomfortable. Samuel, uh, what did yeah. I call him? I called him McDreamy Dreads. Dreads, I don't know. Dreads McDreamy, I think. Dreads. He's the one with the dreads and he's got like really dreamy eyes. I didn't really like him, but I will say but that if, he, if, if him and I were to have a conversation, I wouldn't hear what he's saying because I would yeah, just be staring be like, at him oh, like, yeah, you're you're so pretty. Pretty. yeah, but I don't think he's that interesting. Um, he would have been really good in that role. Yeah, yeah I know you're right. Because it would have been easy to hate him too. Because he is really pretty. Like I don't think yeah. this part was cast that well. Because so, he was just he, so like, blandly pretty. Like, I, I think he's a good looking. This kid, Gus, Justin Gustin or something, is his real name. I think it was important for him to at, be an actual threat for Kurt, and I didn't buy him as a threat because I didn't think he was very good looking. Okay. I mean, he was yeah. good looking, but I wasn't like, like he wasn't. I didn't think Blaine would go for that. Like, right. He and he didn't. I don't know. He was. He was still within Kurt's type in a way. Yeah. Like almost if he had been, I don't know, like bigger or muscular or somehow either much better. And I don't just want to say better looking, but. But different looking. Like, yeah, hotter if he had been somehow. A different if he had been hotter type. than Kurt or completely different. Yeah. If he had just been like, I don't know, Hugh Jackman versus Johnny Depp, Kurt's Johnny Depp, you know, then it, it would have been a different kind of threat. But instead he was just. Like, he had devil horns. As soon as he came in, you saw yeah. them. And it wasn't just because he had that big flat top haircut. <sighs> so, yeah, I think it could have gone in. But I'm happy with where it went. It was yeah, fine where it went. No, and, and I think I like that. I mean, this was really, like, the first fight we saw them had, too. Yeah. Which, and I thought it was it was handled. It was believable. It scared me. It scared you? The back oh. seat in the car. I was like, <gasps> I was like, is Blaine going to rape Kurt? Why is Blaine going to rape I really legitimately got nervous because Ryan Murphy has burned me in the past. Right. And then I was worried, like, Blaine would get raped on his way home. Yeah. Just because, no. Like, how Lima. Lima it's Heights. Lima. Lima Heights. And, like, I don't know about Ohio, but, okay, growing up in the suburbs of Long Island, like, you would never walk home from a bar across town. It's miles and miles away. It's going to take you like three hours to get home on a Wednesday night when it's drag queen night, mind yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but it ended happy, so we're okay. Yeah. It okay. was okay. It's I'm okay, happy with, okay. with Blaine and Kurt. It's all good. Yeah. Um, also within that scene, though, we had a moment that I cheered for mm-hmm. when Karofsky, of who I think Larry. has finally, no, I'm going to fight you on that. I'm, I think he finally earned his name, his own name. <laughs> He is no longer Larry. He, he is, is now Karofsky. Larry Karofsky. He is Dave Karofsky. <laughs> now, um, 
We never knew that he transferred, correct? We didn't. He's just been missing. Right, because last week I thought that they were trying to show that he was still on the show. With no. That. I was wrong. <laughs> it happens sometimes. So he transferred. And he's a bear cub. He's a bear cub. Which is adorable. And he was just like really personable and he talked to Kurt and yeah. it was a very sweet moment and I'm glad it was resolved. Again, the the writer saying this happened last season. Here's a resolution. True. Let's go from here. Yeah. I was, a, I don't know. I felt a little at first like, you know, I, I a little cheated of I didn't even know he transferred. I didn't, but I mean, and in a way I didn't have to know that. It's not like he was a main character where... I should have felt betrayed that I didn't know this major thing happened, but it was it was a little jarring. But ultimately, I'm happy with it, and I, yeah. I'm just really glad they gave the character closure. I'm very happy with the resolution. Although I'm still sad we didn't get to hear him sing because apparently yeah, he was like a show choir kid in real life. Oh well. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Is that all the plot? Oh, um, the one thing that wasn't on here because nothing happened was um, uh, and I th- I want to say Wayne mentioned this in his feedback. I'm glad we didn't get another Emma Will sex yeah. episode, but it was interesting that um, Will had one line this episode. Yeah, he was. Which was like, this is the best musical the school's ever done. And scene. <laughs> and it looks like next week he cries based on the, the preview. His eyes are really red. When doesn't he cry? He probably cried during he tonight, cried tonight, this episode. This episode. We just didn't notice because we didn't care. But yeah, and um, something else that was missing from this episode. Sue. Sue. No Sue. Yeah. I, we've talked about the Sueless yeah. episodes before. They work. The Sueless I, episodes are definitely Honestly, better. the show can go on without her and it wouldn't really be a big deal. Should she just have a spinoff? Is that what it should be? I don't know. Can I mean, we I watch really a whole play. show about her and the Cheerios? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, um, I don't know. But it it's... I feel like it's starting to show more and more of like, when Sue's we not there, we're all really happy. Her. It's, I don't know if you've, because you didn't really play sports, but I remember this when I was um, about 12 on my softball team. Um, We had like one of the best players in the league, and I won't say her name in case, you know, she listens to the podcast and and taunts me down and beats me up because she was scary. Um, And she was known as like the most athletic girl in the city, and like she was on my team, it was great, she was shortstop, blah, blah. But she was a monster and like kind of terrorized the team and everybody was scared of her and she was like, if you drop the ball, she would yell at you and like she just made it not fun. And there was like a couple, like one practice where she didn't show up and like it turned into like a bitch session about her where we were all expressing to the coach about how like unhappy she makes us. And then like for two games, she didn't show up and we won and like we were losing the whole season. And it was this thing of like how, wow, maybe like... You know, everybody else rises to the level when they're missing that one person who's carrying everyone. And maybe that's happening with Glee. Maybe. Yeah. You want to talk about the songs? Okay. Now, interesting song episode. Yeah. I liked it, though. I love it. I think it works so well. Yeah. Because it was essentially the majority of the songs, I mean, all of them except for one, were just West Side Story songs that were not used so much to sing and to sell anything. It was just used to sort of complement action or play kind of interspersed with scenes. I absolutely loved it. And they, yeah. it just, it totally worked for me. And I like West Side Story. I don't love it, but I love how they used it. Well, there are two songs from West Side Story that... I actually know from when we watched it in elementary school that will always get stuck in my head and I've been waiting for them to sing them and they sang them this And episode. they did. And they did. 
trying to think, did they sing, did they, if they, I feel like they sang every major song in West Side Story. Although, no, that's not true because they didn't sing Maria and they didn't sing, um, I mean, like, throughout the whole season, not just tonight, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, they missed a few. But, um, so the first song was Tonight. Yep. And it, what was it interspersed with? It was Nothing. No, oh, it wasn't? Because it was just Blaine oh, and Rachel. Oh, it was just Rachel, Blaine and Rachel like, singing. Yeah, and kind, kind of showing, now, did you agree with Artie? Did you think it was lacking something? Maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've seen them both be, I mean, come on. Don't you want me, baby? They were both mm-hmm. a little more charismatic during that. Right. I would agree. And I think, I don't think it was the fact that, you know, they hadn't had sex. Other than, like, aside from the fact that they were still on book when, like, they were opening the next day, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, there was something that was very pretty. And I think listening to it, I wouldn't be bothered by it. I'd be like, oh, it's a pretty version of tonight. But yeah, watching it, it lacks something. Some fire. A little spark. If you will. Um, now, the one non West Side Story song of the episode. <sighs> Oh, Warblers. The Warblers came back to sing Uptown Girl. I loved it. I did. You know, that kid was, he's no Blaine, but what are you going to do? He was totally no Blaine, and I I almost wonder if they, like, intentionally made him not Blaine. Probably. Because, like, the kid who sang was, like, a little chubby, like, not so, not so interesting. His voice wasn't great. He didn't have, like, the bedroom eyes or anything. Um, It was fun. Blaine knew all the choreography, so it was fine. he fell in pretty easily. Other, the only glaring issue was um, cunt face singing yeah well uh should we talk about the uh female in the song because we were both very amused by her it was just a bizarre staging that they were like singing to their teacher as if she was the uptown girl right and now i've never really been in an all boys or all girls school so i didn't know that all in like all boys school they could have girl teachers it seems dangerous yeah Okay, it makes Why, sense. Like, they can't discriminate against, like, be like, oh, not. it's an all-boys school. We can't hire you. You're a lady. But I, I did like the way they did the typical, like, teacher outfit yeah. where it was tight, 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 tight pencil skirt and, of course, collared shirt and really cute glasses and her hair in a way that no woman actually wears her hair where it's a ponytail, but it's all curled, like, very 1950s style. It just... I was waiting for her to jump into a porn pose. Well, I think it also, you said 1950 style. I think it also was playing into the song. I suppose. I'm just saying. <laughs> if anybody else agreed with me, high five. So next is one of two songs that I know from West Side Story. I was, this was one of those songs that like, as soon as I knew they were doing West Side Story, I was really excited for. Yeah. Cause it's Santana. Yeah. Too, and, and then Santana it, is born to play Anita. Exactly. Cause when they were doing the casting, I'm like, oh God, I really hope they do something with the fact that Santana is obviously Anita. And yes, it was. And the second she was like, a boy like, like that. that. And, I was like, blah, blah. and then I was singing along and, and it was And she looked so good. Yeah. She like did. this whole episode, she looked hot in all of, because she looks really good in red. She like does. some people just, colors really pop on them and like Naya Rivera looks gorgeous in red. And you give her a flower in her hair and her ginormous eyelash extensions, and it was perfect. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable that it was during Blaine's conversation with Evil with Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, and it was perfect. And I I just loved the way it kind of played over, and it just... It was great. You know, if you didn't already know, he was evil. This song told you. Exactly. Yep. Now, um, I have a love. Did that just... Uh, I suddenly can't remember. That's kind of like it comes right after a boy like that. Did they do it that way on the show? I can't remember. I wrote um, it down. So it, I, well, it's Rachel and Santana during. Was it like right after, or was it a whole separate thing? No, it was a separate thing. When did they play it? It was one. Of, it was another one of the ones that was interspersed with the conversation. I just don't remember what conversation because I don't actually know this song. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. 
Okay. Well, moving on. That, <laughs> clearly, that left a big impression. In moving us. right along is the second We're song right from West Side Story that I know. Which okay, this I was also the greatest thing with. of my life. <laughs> their accents. Their accents were amazing. First of all, did I not call it when I said they were going to do all the brunettes as jets and all the blondes as... Sh- oh, and I'm sorry, reverse that. All the brunettes as sharks and all the blondes as um, jets, um, except for Mike Chang, of course. many blonde Puerto Ricans do you know? Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's how like every high school does it. It's just if you're vaguely ethnic looking, whether that means black or Asian, Asian. or <laughs> brunette, then you're a shark. Or Irish. If you're Aryan-like, then you get to be a jet. Yes, we're apparently Irish. <laughs> um, Damien... That was adorable. Yes. Uh, so, yes, the range of accents was amazing. Yes. Especially Tina's. Tina's was brilliant. It was just brilliant. It was, yeah. This, I mean, the scene was great. And the, like, it gave me chills watching it because I, America is a great song. It is so catchy. It, it gives you so, so much of a chance to, to do great dancing with it. They all had the big skirts where it's like, you just you, like they're hiding things underneath them kind of thing and this just made me so happy and i liked Artie's staging of it and yeah. i like the idea that they acknowledge like Artie made directorial decisions like he yeah. integrated the jets even into though, it which you don't normally see when you do this song. even though it was clearly like this is the only scene we're doing we have to tie up this mike chang storyline how do we get mike chang on stage and still sing america oh you're such and a skeptic that no <laughs> that you know i'm right i suppose yeah you know i'm right they were like, okay, how are we going to explain this to musical theater fans? And they gave Jamie Mays that line that was like, Artie wanted to incorporate the Jets. I hope it goes over well. And then, you know, you get Mike Chang smiling at his mom. And that was Fair the only enough. way you were going to get that. Fair enough. But it worked. But it, it totally fun. worked. As staging, like, hey, if anybody out there has to direct West Side Story for their high school, high school take a note from Artie. Try it. It worked well. I love, I loved, loved, loved. This is easily so far my number one for the year as far as like favorite musical moment. Yeah. Yeah. It just worked for me on every possible level except for Puck's hair, but we'll get there. And we had one last song. Um, the, um, sacrifice, uh, the version sacrifice song. Yeah. As I'm going to call it. One hand, one heart. Let's let's do it now song. (laughs) Let's do it for our country from Greece too. They should have sang that. I'm giving them so many ideas of what to sing in future episodes. (laughs) Um, one Hand, One Heart, sung by Rachel and Blaine while Rachel had sex with Finn and Blaine, Blaine had sex, sex with Kurt. Uh, yeah, you know, it was no like a virgin. I'll no, say that. It wasn't. But, yeah. No. I, it, see, I think when we like the episodes, the, our episodes are really short. Well, because we're agreeing and yeah. we're not arguing about <laughs> we're things. Like, I guess yeah. that's what it comes down yep. to. It was great. Yep. High notes. I have one single solitary high note because it trumps all other high notes. Okay. And you have it on your list. And it's Blaine dancing <laughs> in Kurt's bedroom. And it was the best moment of this of the series so far because I could watch Blaine dance all day. Now, I know like some people out there, Wayne, are not the biggest Blaine fans. They have maybe some issues with him. But how, even if you're a straight man, how do you not want to have sex with him when he moves like that? Tell me, because I don't believe you don't. And he's just happy, and he's talking about the music. And, and he's just like, yeah. It's just amazing. And then he dances again later when he dances at the gay bar. And um, now, I don't know, both of us caught the line this time, which we didn't catch, I know I didn't catch the first time, when uh, Kurt's saying, Blaine, you're drunk, and Blaine's like, I only had one beer. Please tell me that's not true. 
it couldn't have been true. true. Right? No, no, no. You Nobody get that drunk nobody. off yeah. one beer. Um, I'm not that drunk, and I had like two glasses of wine. Exactly. But two Blade big dancing glasses. in the bar was even cute. Yeah. Oh, he can dance. It was good. Oh, wonderfully. So yeah, very, very soaring high note, if yeah. you will. And I mean that that one moment tops any other high notes I might have. So. Okay. I, I'm topping out at one. I'll name a few more of mine then. You go. Uh, we got Artie's Fantastic Card Suspenders. Did you notice these? Yes, Michael wants them. Oh, he should wear them. Yes. They're really cute. They're suspenders. For First of all, I just love suspenders. Second of all, they're um, like jacks and queens, and they were really awesome. So that was that. The drunk Blaine. I, I, I just, I like him drunk. I like that he, he... I think he acts well drunk. I think it's really hard, I imagine, for an actor that it's one of those things you almost dread is like when you have to act drunk. And especially when you're kind of playing like a young drunk, because what Blaine's supposed to be like 16, 17, and mm-hmm. you know, you think of yourself drunk at that age, you were probably very over the top, and it's very easy to go too far. But I totally believe his performance when he's drunk, because he's just a little more slurry, a little more sloppy. But it's still fun. adorable. Obviously, the Puerto Rican accents. Because they were amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Irish boy, Damien. Damien. Uh, Rory, Rory, if you will. When, Rory. First of all, the fact that he was in West Side Story and, da- and <laughs> was adorable. And it, what was his line? Um, about open... With an open mouth. <laughs> <laughs> With an open mouth. It was wonderful to hear because, of course, we're laughing about the accents to begin with. But then, you know, an Irish kid trying to do a Puerto, Puerto Rican, Rican accent. And I really loved how Beast's line, which is, we got to work on his diction. And I wonder if that was a meta moment because... I know other people yeah. have probably said that with him. Like, okay, this kid, yeah, no, he's charming. He's got the Irish accent, but he also, like, it's one thing to have an accent. It's another thing mumbling. to know how to use it in, you know, as an actor, and he doesn't know yet. So I like that meta moment of it. It was cute. Adorbs. Yes. Um, Low notes. Are those all my high notes? Low notes. I fucking hate Puck's hair. I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with it. I, it was just pushed down. It was it's, his mohawk. No, it was it's, just pushed it's, down. it's not. It's long. It's a mohawk, but he's because letting it go long. Because he's probably like, well, I used to be West Side Story, <laughs> so I'll grow it out a little so bit. I'm have a tiny little Hitler cut, which is kind of what it looks like, and ironic because he's Jewish. And he's probably also like, I'm a dad now. He's probably growing his hair I'm back I'm a dad in. now, so I'm going to have stupid hair. No, so he's probably growing it back, and that's just that awkward in-between <clears throat> stage. Well, he's got to grow it evenly. Like, it's it's not, you can't just grow the middle part out. I know. Okay, we had a dog, Shorty. Um, did you ever meet Shorty? No. No, this was before Erica's time. Uh, my parents' dog, Shorty, was a terrier mix. And my sister is a dog groomer, and so she likes to experiment on her dogs. And with Shorty, she would always give him a mohawk, which would be adorable. But then one year, or one haircut, rather, she, for whatever reason, like, kept it long, but still gave him a mohawk. And it just ended up toppling over, and it looked like a comb over, which is unattractive on a dog, and worse, on a handsome young man. So, I'm not a fan of Buck's hair. Okay. I'm just saying. Um, Other low notes do you have? I do. I have two. One, um... One was definitely my fright during the um, Kurt Blaine 
fight. Oh, okay. I was really nervous that they were that Blaine was going to rape Kurt. <laughs> I don't I don't know where Nervous it came or from. excited? A little excited. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The scene just got like so serious so fast that mm. like I Ryan Murphy has burned me in the past. I got a little nervous. But Fair it all enough. turned out okay. But I thought it was it was a very big turn. I mean yeah. it needed to be a pr- turn, it needed to be a one eighty, but it was just he was so aggressive, it made me nervous, yeah. and I didn't like it. And this it. episode was not written by the Triumvirate. It was nope. written by someone else. I forgot it who it was. I don't, yes. know. I don't know either. And not Allie Adler from last week. Right. Someone new, which I could look up, but I'm lazy. It's fine. Okay, good. Um, your next Luna? I really just wanted Karofsky to get a song, and I have mm. a feeling that will never happen now. Sorry. It's okay. Um, my other note, low note was Artie's weird... T- t- in a chair speech like, <laughs> like in a, <laughs> i didn't find it funny until i watched it with you and I'm we sorry. both laughed at it well I, I laughed at it the first time too because he's like guys i was really insecure when you're, you're in, in a, a chair. chair and it turned into a psa really really fast and i'm surprised i didn't then have in the commercial break a psa yeah i just think it could have been written a lot better like i i appreciate the sentiment behind his yeah. speech i just think it could have been it could have been written better because there was almost no reason in the like everything that happened to Artie this episode didn't need to revolve like none of it had anything to do with the fact that he is in a wheelchair. Right. Any other student could have been about play and had the same thing where they're confident and they're not and they were insecure. And when you're in a chair, <laughs> when you guys, when you're in a chair, which I was telling Eric earlier, like I'm going to use that now from now on. Like I'm just gonna when I'm telling somebody something serious and I happen to be sitting down. I'm going to be like, Erica, when, when you're, you're in, a, in chair, a chair, as I am currently, because I'm tired and this chair is comfortable and I can't get up because Mookie's on my lap. These things happen. Uh, I guess I didn't have any other little notes. I mean, the Rachel, as I said last week, they are really testing the audience with Rachel because I, there's just, Nikki are so unlikable. And even in this episode... You know, we didn't get any obnoxious campaign running, although for some reason she's apparently in the lead. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that's just Jacob Benner's pull. Um, but I still didn't like that they still, like, I don't know, the moment this happens with rehearsal where Artie kind of says, you should go fuck someone before the show. You kind of felt like, oh no, this is where this is going to go, isn't it? She's going to do the, I'm going to have sex with you, but I'm really using you. And she does. And it turns out okay, but it's still that, that, oh, it's like they don't want us to like Rachel. And it's already so easy not to. Yeah. Give me a reason to like her. I don't know. I just don't know. But yeah. I have a few stray observations. Okay. Musical is days away, but they're still using notes for lyrics. Yeah, that was an observation I had. But I, like I said, they just didn't know what to do with their hands. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll go with that. Because, like, Rachel and Santana weren't using music. It was just True. Rachel and Blaine. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Tina still dresses like a Brady Bunch kid. Yeah, I can't remember what she was wearing. Oh, it was during her speech with Mike. That big white collar. Yeah, yeah, that big white collar. Like it's very seventies. Which um, we didn't talk about that. Um, The when Tina kind of talks about her first time. Mm -hmm. What did you think? It was. It was lovely. Yeah, it was. It was very like the music turned on for that moment. The camera zoomed in on Jenna. You could tell they were like Jenna. You get like like more than one line this episode. Ready, ready, ready. Um, but I, I thought it was sweet, and I know this episode was 
it was obviously going to be controversial just for the nature of it. And they were not shy about saying what this episode was going to be about. And there has been, whatever, the parents' council of idiots have been complaining about it. And, I, I mean, I think this episode was, hand, like, the sex was handled really well. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, they talked about protection and this and that. And it didn't feel like they held back with the gay relationship versus the straight relationship or vice versa. And I, I thought Tina's moment was nice because it was, you know, kind of within the setting of talking about Brittany maybe being raped by an alien. And Santana, you know, just talking about being fairly irresponsible. You have Tina saying, hey, sometimes it can be really nice if you're responsible and know what you're doing and love this person. So there. Okay. You just had a lot to say. Apparently I did. Feedback. Feedback. We've got two pieces of feedback. One from Wayne. Yes. One from Helene. Helene. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. With Helene. Yes. 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 Her subject is sex! Exclamation point. <laughs> I think I did that justice. That was wonderful. No, that was exactly, I'm sure, what she wrote. <laughs> Helene says, and I apologize because I'm totally going to murder this because I've been drinking. Good morning, ladies. Good wine, by the way. <laughs> it is very yummy. Good morning, ladies. You knew you'd hear from me after this episode, right? I've been wandering around in a romantic haze since I watched it, and I have a million thoughts about it. So in the interest of trying to keep it semi-short, because I'm betting a lot of your listeners will have a lot to say. Apparently not only you and Wayne. We'll, we'll, we'll We're recording a little early. Yeah. I'm going to give you a numbered list of my most important comments. Plus, don't forget, we haven't actually released the last episode. Yes, we so haven't. For all people know, we're dead. True. One, the sex or lack thereof. I know some people were bothered that the sex in this episode was so tame, but I was impressed by how far Fox was willing to go. A couple of months ago, I would have bet money that we'd never see Kurt and Blaine horizontal on any service <laughs> and that they never, ever touch each other in any way in the same room with a bed. Not only do we get those things, we got them sitting on Blaine's bed talking very casually about masturbation Mm -hmm. and not going south of the equator on a network show at 8 p.m. Plus, in general, there was a sexualization of their characters that we haven't seen before. Kurt confessing to fantasizing about Taylor Lautner and Blaine finding that hot. Sebastian casually propositioning Blaine. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen the show be this overt about gay sexuality since April Rhodes bribed Kurt with bodybuilding magazines back in season one. Memories. Point two. And speaking of Sebastian, I love him. Oh, Helene. I mean, Kurt and Blame forever and all, but this guy is cool. I do have to say that it's about a thousand times more interesting if he goes after Kurt instead of Blaine. Someone needs to explain to Ryan Murphy that the unexpected choice is almost <laughs> always more interesting. But I'm really hoping that the whole Warbler's connection and being attracted to Blaine is just a way to get him in Kurt's orbit. I also love that Kurt had his number from the first second had his number from mm-hmm. the first second and didn't even bother to play nice. Yep. Tied for best line of the night is Kurt's and how do we like Sebastian? Like Blaine is a five-year-old about to get a timeout. <laughs> the other line in this tie is Beast when Artie talks to Blaine. Talk is Beast when Artie starts to talk to Blaine and Rachel about sex. Those footballs aren't going to inflate themselves. <laughs> Three, and speaking of the warblers, the warblers, more warblers. I always kind of thought I only like the warblers for Darren Chris, but I was wrong. They're just way too much fun and need to be on more often. Four, Beast. Dot Marie Jones rocked this episode, and her scene with the football recruiter was almost, has almost wiped away the memory of Will's kitty kiss. <laughs> 
She was heartbreaking. Agreed. Five. And speaking of heartbreaking, Darren Chris, he totally made me cry in the last scene. I think it should be a rule that Bradley Buechler is the only person allowed to direct Blaine Heavy episodes. He also directed original song. I adore Darren, but I think that he isn't always the most intuitive actor and is sometimes over the top. Am I saying his name right? Buechler? Buechler? Buecher, maybe? Buecher. Sure. Seems to get the most subtle performances out of him, and this was no exception. The whole apology scene was maybe the best thing I've seen on Glee, like, ever. Hmm. Six. The gay bar. I love that it was just this sort of seedy, sad dive, really just about what you'd expect of any bar in a small town on a Wednesday night. Bukharovsky was there. Love that scene. Love the idea that even though it's a sad, seedy dive, it's still kind of a refuge for kids like Karofsky when they're underage and drinking. That was mm. me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes there like every <laughs> Wednesday night or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, Back to Helene. Love the little scene with him and Kurt. So sorry he's at another school. I want to see more. As a side note, I would like to say that um, as soon as I saw Scandals, it reminded me of the gay bar we went to in Indianapolis last what was time. Do you remember? I don't. I don't either, but we did. We go to, went to a gay bar and it was... Well, it was like not... We weren't sure I didn't, if it was a gay bar. Yeah, I had no idea it was a gay bar. Did I? Do we know going in? I don't think we did. And we got like, there and we were kind of like... It took a really long time to realize because... I don't know if your listeners, and I'm sure some of them have ever been to a gay bar in the Midwest. It looks like a gay bar in New York. Gay bar in New York, you walk in and you kind of feel like you're in a gay bar. Or their names are Pop Rocks or Heaven. Yeah, exactly. Um, in, in the Midwest, in India, Indianapolis. Even, yeah, it was a nondescript name. Yeah. It was and like we very hard like, for us to tell. We're just like, why isn't the bartender coming over to us? And then we were like, oh, we like oh, looked around. We're not hot here, are we? It was like the moment in Chasing Amy where Jason Lee looks around and realizes that at the cat's meow, all these women are making out. Right, we were right, like, right. oh, this is oh, a yeah. bar. <laughs> gotcha. the gay bar. Gay bar. Um, but yeah, so apparently, I don't know, gay bars in the Midwest. They're just like regular bars here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only sadder somehow. And okay. it's much easier to get in with a fake ID. It is. Aloha. Um, I forgot how cute that was, by the way. That was Aloha. really cute. <laughs> okay. Back to Helene. Seven. Oh, yeah. Rachel and Finn had some story, too, which was funny and awkward and lovely. I did feel like we were finally getting a little deeper deeper into Finn's head in this episode, and I like that they were frank about Rachel's various motivations for having sex. In fact, in general, I like that this episode was upfront about the fact that there are many reasons to have sex. Hmm. There's no question that the idea of opening herself up to more things to be a better actor played a factor in Rachel deciding she was ready. And that's okay, as long as she really was ready. But in there... But is there some rule that Rachel always wears a pink cape when she's planning to have sex? I noticed that too, and I forgot about that. She had one on when she tried to do Rachel, with Jesse they're too. not sexy, right? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody thinks they are, but like the way she wears them, and Rachel's already like because she's so tiny, she borders on like the little girl thing. They really don't help your case. Eight. Props for the fact that a modern girl brings her own condoms. Well, why do we have the same modern girl going with the old, I'm giving you the gift of my virginity <laughs> cliche? Would it have been that hard to come up with some way to phrase the unique the uniqueness of the situation without using the giving-taking imagery? Good point. Yeah, Nine, West Side Story, Naya Rivera. Seriously, I just want them to put out a DVD of the McKinley High performance oh, I would of this totally play. Buy it. I even like the kids' bad accents. I love it's that. exactly how kids in Ohio would sound trying to do Puerto Rican. And in Long Island, too, because I remember yeah. our school did it. No, no. 
Now we could go on and on for hours, but I've already broken my vow to keep this short, so I'll just end with 10. Chris Colfer. I mean, seriously, if he, ha- if he doesn't finally win that Emmy for this episode, there's no justice in the world. That is all. And now I've been all ordered and logical and coherent. I'll just sign off so I can go sit in the corner and blubber about how sweet and romantic and beautiful it all was. And Kurt and Blaine, and you take my breath away, and there will never be a better episode of me ever. <laughs> Winky face. Winky face. Winky face to you, Helene. Um, the Bradley Buker. I don't know how to really say his name. Directed also one episode of American Horror Story, which I know you watch and I haven't yet. Oh, God, it's so good. I just, I know I just, oh, my God. And, you know, I'm so stupid because the other night I had, like, the worst thing happen in the world. Um, My internet went out. It was really weird. Like, that hasn't happened to me. And I was freaking out. And, like, I couldn't even use my iPhone. Like, Oh like god. I was like, well, let me call Cablevision and get their number. Oh my god, I can't talk with my what iPhone. Do you do? So I was freaking out, and I blamed Pitch Black because I was watching that when it went out. So now I hate this movie. Um, so I was like, well, I have it. Like Erica can look around and see that I own a lot of DVDs, and I could have watched any one of them. Um, and eventually I did, but it was after like a lot of really stressful. Like I don't really know what to do. Okay, fine. But I'm stupid because I totally could have tried to catch up on that show oh on my demand. And I it's didn't. so good. I, I can't. I can't even. It, oh, so much happened this week. I can't. Okay. Just read White's feet. Bradley Puker also. Um, well, he also directed Never Been Kissed. So Aww. he's worked a lot with um, with Beast, with Dot Marie Jones, which is interesting, I think. Uh, Comeback. I don't remember Comeback. Original song, Funeral, which is the episode I know you don't like to talk about. Shh. Okay. Comeback was the episode... Where Rachel tries to launch a comeback. I have no idea what this was. Oh, Sam starts a tribute band. That was a Justin Bieber episode. Yeah. Okay, that was an episode. Don't call it a comeback. I've Come. been here for years. What? Song. <laughs> okay. Wait, but let me figure out who wrote it now, because now I'll be curious. Oh, no, it was, no. It was written, writers, they have, um... Oh, that's odd. This episode, they have credited to Murphy, Felgic, and Brennan. But no actual writer. So no, I, it's a, no, you're right. It's a it was a person's writer. name, but I don't know who. Okay, we're terrible glee casters. <gasps> that was LL Cool J. Mom said knock you out, by the way. I'm sorry. I know LL Cool J more as oh, an wait, actor. Is it? I don't even know. I, just, I, I honestly, I know the lyrics. I don't know what song it is, but... I just watched Halloween H2O and um, I kind of hate LL Cool J now for it. Not so, It's not really his fault, but it is... But anyway, I mean, there's a lot of other things wrong with that movie. But the fact that, spoiler alert, they let him live when he gets shot in the face kind of bothers me. Anyway, Wayne, the one and only Wayne Kotke. Right. It feels like the first time, dot, dot, dot. Actually, no, it doesn't. Patsy and Adina. Which one do you want to be? I want to be Adina. And it it is apparently, Mama said knock you up. I don't know, but they're lyrics. That's what I'm getting when I'm when I Google. Okay, she has a lower tolerance. She's skinnier. Okay, um, so Bangkok here writes Patsy and Adina. Let's start with the obvious, shall we? There are toothpaste commercials sexier than the latest episode of Glee. Hell, I've been more aroused by sitting on a bus as it idles at a red light. But I guess Glee already did its officially sanctioned sexy episode, subtly titled Sexy. Well, the first time was more about, you know, feelings and emotions and crying and crap like that. The mushy stuff. I guess kudos should go to the show for trying to handle the theme in a responsible way and focus on the conflicting emotions its characters might have about 
six. But the whole thing packed about as much heat as a Lutheran prayer meeting. Then again, Lutherans do seem to keep producing little Lutherans, so who knows what goes on after those meetings, especially after they've had cookies and punch. Well, depends on what's in those pun- that punch. Anywho, on to those random observations. Glee starts out by advising me to be discreet. I'm a little offended. When, when have I ever been indiscreet, Glee? The campaign posters prove it. Leia Michelle is turning into Rebecca Black. Aww, Side- I like to put a berry on top. <laughs> Side note, um, did you watch America's Next Top Model last week? No. Oh, my God, Erica, you're missing so much. They went to Greece this week. <laughs> and, of course, because they were in Greece. What is Greece known for, Erica? Tell me. First thing you think of when you think of Greece. Greek food. Okay, what kind of Greek food? Grapes. Keep going. Olives. Keep going. No, no, no. A, a specific leaves. dish. If you were to go to a diner, what would you um, order? A gyro. No. Souvlaki. You're, you're, you're being healthy because you're a model. What are you going to order? Tzatziki. No, you're being healthier than that. You need your greens. Erica, they posed inside a Greek salad. What? I'm not kidding. This isn't even what I wanted to talk about, but still, I have to because it was amazing. So they go to Greece, and it's like, look at Greece. It's so amazing. Look at the beaches. Look at our mythology. Look at our artwork. Look at what we're known for. You know what Greece is known for? Greek salad, bitch. And they had a giant bowl, and it was filled with oversized salad items, including blocks of feta cheese that were, like, bigger than my head. And the girls had to pose in underwear in the Greek salad. And all the pictures. I'm not kidding. The pictures were like girls pouring olive oil on their like very scantily clad bodies. And the one girl like was almost kicked off because she looked too sexy doing it. How do you look sexy pouring olive oil on you? I don't know. But Laura did. Um, okay. Oh, so that was the Greek aspect of America's Next Model. But what I really wanted to talk about was... Um, last week they had to do a video, a viral video, which doesn't make any sense. Tyra doesn't understand. You don't make a viral video. You make a video and if, you know, it's popular or whatever, it becomes viral. But it's like, if this goes viral, that's huge. Like the, which just never mind. But anyway, the way, the way Tyra talked about it, she's like, I think you can be someone like Justin Bieber or Rebecca Black. Which I thought was the greatest thing in the world because every young model should aspire to be as talented as Rebecca Black. True. A girl who is now being homeschooled because everybody's making fun of her. <laughs> anyway, um, Wayne continues. Sorry, Wayne. I know that I, had to, I just had to digress because they posted a Greek salad. <gasps> okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, the show still knows the quickest route to my heart. A warbler's number set at Dalton Academy. The blazers, the couches, the bookshelves, the parquet flooring. It's all back. See, season two wasn't all bad. Again, side note, this is Emily. Um, I was annoyed, and I pointed out to Erica while we watched the show, that the warblers had to wear their warbler uniforms on a Friday night watching West Side Story. Maybe they have to go straight from practice. They could have taken their blazers off. Okay? okay. Carrying on. Wayne says, mark my words, Blaine, the Sebastian kid, is poison. Plus, I'm pretty sure he has crabs. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I karaoke'd Under the Sea last week, and it was a hit. Side note. Sebastian, cunt face, that was me, not Wayne, asks, do I look like a freshman? (laughs) That's a tough question to answer on Glee. Does he mean by Glee standards or by normal human standards? Good point, Wayne. I guess I don't get the intercutting between Dalton Dalton Academy and West Side Story. What narrative purpose is being served here? Wayne, it's showing that Sebastian is a cunt face. Like that. (laughs) A boy like that. A boy like cunt face. He'll kill your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Forget that boy. Go find another. Stick to your own kind. Kind. (laughs) A boy who kills cannot love. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. 
Do I have more wine? <laughs> okay. Okay. Wayne, continues. There's a gay bar in West Lima called Scandals. I think I smell a spin-off here. <laughs> Tales of West Lima. Where is West Lima in relation to Lima Heights? What do you think? It's you- west of it. West of Lima Heights. Well, it's like, it's, it's southwest. southwest of it. <laughs> high five. We high five. You couldn't hear it, but we high fived. Wayne continues. Oh, dear. Rachel's trying to seduce Finn. I don't know which of them I pity more. Probably Rachel, because she's dressed like Imelda Marcos for the scene. Do a Google search image for Imelda Marcos. You'll see what I mean. Imelda seems to be a fashion touchstone for Rachel Berry. And no, madam, I will not be putting a berry on top, as you suggest. Finn might, though. Do you think Rachel's campaign slogan was a barely coded sexual message? Well, shouldn't it have been a... Well, Barry is not part of the Cherry family, but that would have been the, the natural thingy. Um, I think, is it Imelda Marcos or is it very Evita? Because, I mean, Rachel wants to play Evita. That's one of her, on her list, or bucket list of roles to play on Broadway. But um, I could see the Imelda Marcos, Marcos connection. A little bit. Yep. He continues. Hey, Mike Chang and his mean dad are doing that I have no son thing from the jazz singer, which I only know secondhand through The Simpsons. Remember Krusty and his father? Actually, thirdhand. The Simpsons are parrying the Neil Diamond movie, which in turn was a remake of the Al Jolson movie. There is nothing new under the sun, including that quote. Good boy, Wayne. I guess I don't have a dad. I guess not, Mike, but you do have those pants. Those shiny red <laughs> pants. Enjoy. Dude, if you could wear those pants, you, you wear those pants. The Cooter and Beast sub-subplot? Sub-sub-subplot. I can't quite bring myself to comment on it. I don't like it when they write Beast as too insecure. Write her stronger, Glee. I think this weekend was but a little less pathetic. Is, this is the only aspect of her life where they write her as insecure. Right. Anything else? She's confident. She's strong. Blah, blah, blah. And it makes sense. Because, yeah. I mean, I've, I've known people like that. And I think, you know, anybody is insecure about certain aspects of their life. And I, it makes perfect sense for romance to be Beast's kind of Achilles heel. And it wasn't, I think, as pathetic as it could have been. And I appreciate that. Santana trashing Finn. That's my idea of heaven. My favorite character dumping on my least favorite. Did Matthew Morrison and Amber Riley get their full paychecks this <laughs> uh, paychecks in this episode? And poor Diana of Aragon seems seemed pretty openly contemptuous of the few measy lines she was given the show. I couldn't blame her. I forgot Mercedes did attend West Side Story she and did. seemed to be having a good time. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Moving on. Okay, Glee, you're officially overdoing the slow motion thing this week. Give it a rest, huh? I agree. It's like the thing, if it's Blaine or the Warblers, there, have, there has to be that blatantly... Because it's not like just slow-mo. They use sound to do slow-mo, which I don't like. <laughs> Wayne continues. That bouncer at Scandals clearly hates his life and himself. He'll be dead in six months. <laughs> yes, he will be. And they'll have a funeral for it with one of the three funeral directors, I hope. Fake IDs from Hawaii. Now, where on earth did they get that idea from? Cough, super bad. Cough, cough. But aloha. It worked. Aloha. It worked. Plus, so, I think that Hawaii is just one of those really easy licenses to fake because no one mm, here has really ever seen, seen one. So as far as we know, like the actual license is indeed made of a coconut. We yeah. don't know. Um, so nice to see Kowalski or whatever, <laughs> or whatever back this week. He changed schools and turned into the gay version of... <laughs> I'm sorry. He changed schools and turned into the gay version of Bert somehow. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he really did. Maybe he should run for office for school president. His little chat with Kurt was one of the quiet highlights of this episode for me. 
I told you Sebastian was pure, unpasteurized evil. He pops his collar. That's That's been a calling card of preppy villains since the days of James Spader. True, true, true. Ever notice that Glee only breaks out the overhead shots when its characters are in despair, like Kurt after Blaine walks away from him? Hmm. Oh, Jesus. This is Artie's second monologue about being in a wheelchair this week. <laughs> you and Wayne agree on something. We do. <laughs> Erica is high-fiving you, Wayne. Yay. McKinley's version of West Side Story seems to take place in the <laughs> mythical land of a thousand accents. The skyscrapers are very slender there. And it's a wonderful place, and I would like to live there. When she pays for her final booty call to Finn, Rachel looks like she's dressed to deliver goodies at Grandma's house. I don't know that she what she did to piss off the wardrobe department, but Leia Michelle might seriously want to think about buying some gift baskets for those people. <laughs> they clearly love Heather Morris. Excellent point, Wayne. As with uh, as with most episodes of Glee, the first time was a televisual roller coaster ride. Ups, downs, curves, loops, de loops, the works. I think they found and included every slow, draggy ballad in West Side Story. No, no, they didn't do Maria. They did not do Maria. But we also got to see what the writers of Glee think an Ohio gay bar looks like. Wayne, that is what an Ohio gay bar probably looks Seriously, like. Seriously, Wayne. That's what an Indiana gay yeah, bar looks like. Yeah, I forget like. where Wayne lives. Because Wayne lives somewhere in the Midwest, but I forget where. Um, but seriously, Wayne, just go into like a Midwestern gay bar and we swear that's what they look that's like. That's what they look like. We were there on karaoke night and like we I, we were still the most feminine ones singing. And like, I'm, I don't say, like, I sang Suddenly Seymour with Fozzie and I sang Seymour and he sang Audrey, if that tells you anything. And yet still, yeah. Um, okay, I was, um, Wayne, I was ultimately sated by this episode, but I'm kind of glad there's six whole days and 20 glorious hours until the next one. From the looks of the preview in next week's show, Shelby mistakes Puck for God. Homegirl is operating under a weird theology. Should be fun. Yours in Glee, Wayne Kotke. P.S. I didn't mention it last time, but the previous episode was called Pot of Gold. That's a pretty gutsy title, since if I understood the episode correctly, that phrase was a euphemism for Britney's vajayjay. That is what it meant, right? Yes. Yeah, right? Or yeah. Pot of Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, good point. Excellent point, which I didn't think about. But yeah. Uh, Wayne Kotke, who you can always find at d2rights.blogspot.com. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. We agree this week. All right. Nothing's going to help. I keep you too. Okay. Yeah. On that note, I suppose we should move on. We need to sleep because we need to get up early. Um, Erica has her hair all done and stuff, so she doesn't need to shower in the morning, but I I stink overnight, so I do. Before I came over. Well, I showered twice today in preparation for tomorrow. Whorehound, <laughs> wait for a very clean arc. <laughs> that felt like a have. very Brittany thing to say. <laughs> I showered twice today, so I don't have to shower for two days now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Gleecast listeners, by the time you'll you hear this, hear you'll this be, eventually. You know, you'll, you'll hear it one day and you'll be like, wow, that's great. Great. Uh, in the mean, well, not in the meantime, because this will be after that time, but, um, when the time comes and you have something to share, a la Wayne or Helene, you can do it a few ways. Can you not? You can. You can email us at gleecast with a K at gmail.com. You can. Let's say you just, you really want to talk things out. You can go to palaver.com. That's com. Sign up, sign in, head to our forums, head to other forums. Talk about what you want. Um, I don't know if you can hear that, but Joplin's attacking Mookie or a toy? 
Mm, Mookie. Okay. If you have um, things to say that are under 140 characters, you can tweet us you at Erica's Knits. And uh, Erica has a C in her name, not a yes, K. I do. And then the word Knits has a K in it. Uh, and mine is Deadly Dolls. With a D and a D. And a D. And it ends with an S. Anything else? Uh, oh, happy it. Veterans Day to those yes. who are veterans. I mean, this is but late, but still. Um, happy Peppero Day. Okay. To our Korean listeners, of which I'm sure there are none. Um, but if you live in Korea, did I ever tell you about Peppero Day? No. Pepper Day is amazing. Okay. On November 11th. Oh, I could get it, but I'd have to get up to do it. Pepero, um, in Japan, it's called Paki. In Korea, it's called Pepero. I know what Paki okay, is. Okay, so it's like a cookie that's like a long stick, and it, it's sold in pairs. Like, you open a box, and there's like a little plastic thing, and there's two pieces in there, and there's just two long sticks. Well, November 11th, because it looks like 11-11, it looks mm-hmm. like two pieces of Pepero. Uh, it's Pepero Day in Korea, and what it means is you just give people boxes of Pepero. Um, and it's amazing because grocery stores are decorated for Pepero and they make like dinosaurs out of Pepero and it's fantastic. So, um, happy Veterans Day slash Pepero Day. And I don't mean to do lessen veterans at all. I'm just saying it's multiple holidays in one. All right, then. Indeed. Enjoy those holidays. We'll see you next week. Maybe. Well, whatever next week means yeah. to you. Yes. Yes, we will. See you then. <laughs> yeah.